of thoughts, images, and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to the Yarn Saga podcast. Each episode, we present an original story set in the Yarn Saga universe, a universe beyond our space and time. Listen closely as each episode contains secrets and truths for a discerning mind and an open heart. Today, we are excited to unveil to the world our premiere episode, Commercial Free. Our team spends countless hours doing what we love, creating and crafting stories to entertain and inspire. Please consider supporting us on our Ko-fi page, as every penny helps us continue creating for you, our listeners. Check out our website to find out more at yarnsagapodcast.com. And now, without further delay, the Yarn Saga Podcast. Episode 1. Light of the Labyrinth. By Madeline Heindel. Raticus lounged in the shade beneath his favorite tree on the breezy hilltop. The sun was bright. It warmed the grass and cast dappled light upon him through the leaves and branches. The edge of the light crept closer to his feet, tickling them with vibrant rays. The smells of summer wrapped him in a comfortable embrace. The smell of the grass, the morning's dew, now dry, a distant laundry line billowing in the breeze, and his glass of ice-cold sweet tea by his side, accompanied, of course, by a plate of almond cookies. He closed his eyes, surrounded by the warmth. A gentle gust rustled the leaves above him and compelled the branches to creak and shift. The ice in his tea rattled as they settled in the glass. All around, the summer bugs chattered and chirped in the grass. He leaned against the tree, stretching his limbs like the towering plant. The deep stretch eased his back, and the rough bark applied pressure against his aches until they were no more. Raticus's senses were alive to the hot, humid days of mid-year. It was his favorite time of year, though there were days where the sun was just a little too hot and bright for his beady eyes. On those days, he appreciated the shade of his tree and the cool interior of his humble home. But this was not one of those days. Today, everything was perfect. He opened his eyes to admire the rolling hills and vibrant valleys from the hill, But the land around him had dimmed. The bugs ceased their singing. The wind held its breath. The sweet summer air faded into nothing. Raticus glanced around in a panic as the things he loved faded from view. He reached for his tea and cookies, but only found cold, hard earth. No. No. No, no. Please come back. Please be real. I want to stay here! Raticus awoke to the darkness. 
Though he knew his eyes were open, the formless world around him deceived his senses. He could lay still upon the cold, hard floor, staring into the endless darkness, unblinking, and his eyes would not know they were open. He sat up, brushing the coldness off his shabby clothes. He was never a particularly well-dressed rat, but his threadbare shirt and trousers were far too crude for his own liking. He reached up to his snout, feeling his furred muzzle and long whiskers. His paws traveled further, finding his beady, tired eyes. Then, his little round ears. A mirror is useless in this endless void of darkness. But by now, Radicus's paws have learned every inch of his face, every curve and tuft of fur, felt familiar to him, felt safe. Most days, Raticus would give his paws a quick lick before brushing his face and whiskers to a presentable fashion. But the drought of his tongue would not help him be clean again. Nevertheless, he brushed his face and straightened his whiskers. Or so he felt. Raticus rose to his feet to begin another day. His dry, pointed nose revealed no stray morsels of food today. A disappointment to his gnawing stomach. His velvety ears twitched, focusing, yearning for a sound that would lead him to water. It had been too long since he had last had a drink, and he could feel it. Weakness flowed through his veins like molasses, slowing his progress each day. Oh, what he would give for a puddle to soothe his aching thirst. But here, he has nothing. Nothing but his senses that fail him every day. Like the days before, Raticus began with the first steps, one careful foot in front of the other. He advanced, paws outstretched before him, reaching, hoping for something in front of him. Each step was slow, very slow. He learned early on to move slower than he was used to, as he needed to conserve energy, but also to... Raticus's paws connected with a hard, flat surface, but he could not react quickly enough to save his nose from hitting it. Another wall, he thought. A wall was good. It meant direction and guidance. His paws slid along the wall as the rest of him shimmied in a parallel fashion until he found its edge. Let's see where this goes today. He stepped forward into the passage with one paw on the wall and the other reaching into the dark. Once again... Raticus began his trek through the labyrinth. Raticus could not remember how he came to the labyrinth, if he even came here willingly. His memories from the world of light feel as if they were imagined, like a dream that he cannot help but wish for in times of rest. The anticipation of returning home has been replaced with doubt. Had he ever lived in the light? Is there anything beyond the dark? Searching his memories only yielded more questions and more heartbreak as he stumbled into the blinding dark. Let's see. Was it left, right, left, left, right, or right, left, straight, left, right? No, that's not right. Raticus struggled with his mental map full of errors and miscalculations. He could not trust his own thoughts anymore. He could not trust himself not to eat the trail of cracker crumbs he left behind on his first day. The scent of each buttery morsel 
tempted him and dragged him back along the path. Each tidbit satisfied his hunger, if temporarily, but left him wandering without direction again. But that was days ago. Raticus could feel his strength waning. His hope for escape also waned, reaching the lowest it could ever go. He leaned into the wall and closed his eyes, though it did not make a difference to his sight. He sighed as he realized that the same inky black void that thwarts his vision resides behind his eyelids as well. Of course he cannot escape it. It is with him, inside him. The sound of scampering paws echoed along the lightless corridor, growing louder with each passing moment. Something, someone, is approaching. Hey there, friend. Are you okay? A voice called from the dark, very close to Raticus. It had been so long since he last spoke. Could he muster a word or two? Perhaps the dryness of his throat would catch the words before they came to the air. Paws clasped the sides of Raticus's face, but not his own. Oh, wow. Your nose is pretty dry. Here, have some water. Water? Raticus thought. <laughs> he opened his mouth to speak, but his attempt at words were too hoarse to understand. The rim of a water skin pressed against his lips, and he could smell the refreshing scent within. His shaky paw reached toward the vessel to support it as he found himself able to drink once again. The cool water rushed over his dusty tongue like rain after a drought, bringing life to his body again. Raticus thought the deluge of refreshment might drown him, but the pouring stopped as he was able to take a breath. Thank you. Raticus said, his voice clear through the water. Who are you? How did you find me here? I'm Rathaniel. I was looking for the light and happened to smell you, so here I am. What light? There's no light here. Raticus said, training his ears in the direction of Rathaniel's voice. Of course there is. It shows the way through the maze. Raticus scoffed. Certainly there's no escape from the labyrinth. Its halls are too long, too many corners and crossings to navigate. Impossible. There's no way out of here. This labyrinth, this is all there is. A pause stood between the two wandering rats before Rathaniel spoke again. You haven't seen it yet, have you? Don't worry, you will. Raticus straightened up again, ready to set out on his journey once more. Thank you for the water. Good luck to you. Light be with you. Rathaniel said, his voice trailing off as Raticus moved on. Don't be afraid of the light. When you see it, let it show you the way. There is no light in the labyrinth. There never has been. Raticus's thoughts spiraled. The gratitude he felt for the stranger, Rathaniel's generosity, in quenching his thirst spiraled into ridicule. Only a nutcase would believe there could be light in a place of darkness. Raticus wandered in his blindness, until a subtle spark caught his attention above him. He looked up, seeing nothing. Nothing but the expansive void that he had seen for days on end. There it is again! The faintest flash illuminating the tops of the impossibly tall walls of the labyrinth. The outline of the wall's top began to form, slowly at first, then rapidly, 
A soft glow shone behind the wall, cresting over the top, bathing the corridor in such starkness that it brought pain to Radicus's eyes. Radicus buried his aching eyes into his paws. Brightness burned into his eyelids, casting shadows of veins against his retina. His only solace, he thought, was to flee from the light. Raticus scurried away, bumping into wall after wall, but he could not seem to find the darkness. By the time he collided with a third wall, enough was enough. Raticus slowed down and rubbed his stinging eyes. Looking down, he blinked a few times as his blurred vision began to focus. For the first time in the days of wandering the labyrinth, he could see his dirty, unkempt paws. He had been wandering for so long, stopping to clean them was an afterthought. He had calluses from all his walking and grime to be scrubbed from the hard-packed floor. It would take some serious dedication for his paws to ever be restored to their former tidiness. But beneath his paws was his shadow. The very darkness that surrounded him pooled at his feet in the wake of the blinding light. He sought refuge in the darkness to save himself from the light, and now it was beneath him. As the light shone overhead, Radicus shielded his eyes as he looked up, trying to make sense of the arrival of power strong enough to cause the darkness to retreat. An orb of glowing warm light hovered above the labyrinth, directly over Radicus. Its light dimmed in response to Radicus's attempt to shield his eyes. The entity whatever it was, maintained its position in silence over Raticus. His whiskers twitched in anticipation, waiting for something to happen. He wanted something to happen, but at the same time he feared what the light could do. He had to do something. He had to say something. Well, are you going to show me the way, or what? Raticus yelled to the light. It stayed, hovering for a moment, before it began to slowly move down the corridor. It stopped at the nearest intersection to wait for its follower. Raticus sighed and followed the light to the crossing. The light moved again as Raticus arrived at the meeting of the corridors. It chose a direction and began to move. As such, Raticus would follow suit. Again and again the light would move and Raticus would follow. Many lefts and several rights passed by, and Raticus grew impatient. Where's the end? Surely I would have seen it by now. But the light kept going, wanting Raticus to follow. This is going nowhere. I'll just find the end on my own. The light turned and traveled down the intersection to the right, but Raticus walked by, going straight through. Raticus kept walking, the edge of the light grew dimmer and dimmer until he was surrounded by darkness once again. He was alone with nothing but his deceptive senses to guide him. He continued in his wandering, hungry and tired. Part of him wanted to believe that the light would show him the way. He loved how it felt on his dark fur, the warmth it provided. But alas, he remained wandering in the maze as the light did not seem to help him. His ears twitched, and not too distant sound drew his attention. Another rant, he presumed, from the grumbles of frustration bouncing along the walls. There was another sound in company, something heavy dragging along the ground. Raticus wanted to ignore it all and move on. 
After all, what could another wanderer possibly offer him? Then again, Nathaniel had water to offer. But Raticus really did not want another lecture on the light. But something else stopped him. A certain savory scent drew his attention back to his aching hunger. Breadcrumbs, morsels of cheese, salted and roasted seeds, food. He could smell food coming from the direction of the other rat. Raticus's thoughts would not stray from the idea of food, for his hunger was so fierce. His feet eagerly followed the scent, and his stomach hoped for a stray tidbit to eat or perhaps a generous and kind heart to share with him. Raticus approached the muttering stranger, feeling around in the dark for something to supplement his lack of sight. His foot collided with something big and lumpy, prompting him to stumble and land upon it. His paws ran over the mass. Burlap. A sack. The smell was unmistakable. It was full of food. Everything he smelled from a distance and more. Unhand my possessions, thief! A gruff voice shouted to him from behind the sack of snacks. Radicus felt a paw grab at his threadbare shirt and hoist him off of the bag. Radicus hit the ground hard, though it had been his bed for many nights and provided just barely enough comfort to rest upon. The sudden impact left him feeling bruised. He sat up, the grumpy rat's voice speaking again. Do you have any respect? Any decency? Never touch another rat's hard-earned wealth. I'm sorry, Radicus said, picking himself up. Balderdash. It was an accident. I couldn't see. Everyone can smell my wealth. That's what brought you to me, isn't it? Well, yes. Ah. Well, you shan't receive but a scrap from me. Rathew Montwisker the Seventh does not give handouts to ragamuffins. The voice loudly and proudly declared. Raticus's heart sank into the pit of his empty stomach. Please, just a little. You have so much food. It'll rot before you find your way out of here. Before any of us do. <laughs> I'll not be fooled by the likes of you. You see, only the weak and wealthless die here. They do not have a proper offering for the light, so they perish in the dark. I, however, have an abundance to give to the light. You know of the light? Of course you don't. <clears throat> now do not interrupt. A fellow by the name of Rathaniel told me about the light. The chap mentioned that a giving heart would draw the light to me and lead me to the end. Therefore, my vast wealth of sustenance shall be for the light, and the light alone. So those of us who awoke here, with nothing, are doomed to die? That's not fair. That, that can't be right. <laughs> may not be right, but it's the way it is. Matthew continued to boast of his fortunes, of every kind of morsel and snack he had to spare. At the end of his wits, Radicus turned to move on. He could not handle another reminder of the foods he once enjoyed. Oh, how he missed his mother's cheddar soup and fresh crackers with butter, or sliced strawberries on an early summer day 
He would give anything even for a nibble of cabbage about now. But alas, in the dark depths he had nothing. Nothing but fading memories of feeling full, of a time when each meal was assured. The nourishment nostalgia brought tears to Raticus's eyes as he wandered. The emptiness of his stomach hurt, but not as much as the thought of never leaving, never eating again. He could see the light approaching from a distance, splitting the shadows of the high labyrinth walls as it went. He sighed. No wonder it didn't lead me to the end. I didn't have boundless wealth to give. I shall be doomed to walk this labyrinth until I die. The light stopped at the end of the corridor, ahead of Radicus. Radicus shielded his eyes from the harsh light and glared at it. Kind of saving light requires payment if the wanderers arrive with nothing. He looked down as he walked past the light, ignoring its patient waiting. Ignore the light. Ignore the hunger. I can make it. Raticus felt along the walls, as it was his only method of seeing the paths around him. The walls always felt smooth, cold, and untextured. Impossible to climb. He learned that the hard way on the first day, and could still feel the soreness in his back. Raticus's paw dragged along the sleek surface, every texture exactly the same as before. That is, until his fingers dipped into a small groove. He paused and retraced the wall, finding the settlement in the rough-hewn groove. What is this? Raticus took a few moments to inspect the wall. The groove was very short, as in, not tall. It ran from right to left, ending in a vector of two or more intersecting lines. An, an arrow? Where did this come from? He continued searching, feeling for some sort of explanation for this mark that appeared. Feeling above the arrow, his paw found another groove. This vertical groove led into another one that curved downward to the right, but turned and bent upward before it would have connected with the first. Raticus surmised that the second symbol must be in the shape of a D. But the bottom connection bent upward and sprawled into a mess of lines and gutters that reminded him of the labyrinth. A symbol and an arrow. Pointing to what? Raticus became determined to follow the arrow, to find where it leads. He continued along the wall in the direction of the arrow, feeling for something new. The wall ended, and as Radicus blindly grabbed for more walls, he came to the realization that he must be at a T-intersection. Raticus hated these. If he spun around too quickly, he could end up back down the path he came from, and would end up wandering the same halls forever. Raticus pressed his paws at the wall ahead, feeling around. His paws caught another carving, the same as before, but pointing to the right. These must be leading somewhere. Raticus's heart raced. Someone mapped the way out of the labyrinth, and he was about to follow it to the end. Oh, what a day! He followed symbol after symbol, his paws eagerly awaiting the next direction from the wall. Before the towering walls only served to discourage and dishearten Raticus, but now they were showering him with the way. As Raticus rounded a final corner, he noticed a distant warm light at the end of the long corridor. 
Raticus ran to the light, his heart racing. He kept one paw on the wall for good measure and to confirm that it is the right path. Every symbol he passed pointed in his direction of travel. This is it. This is the path. Relief filled his eyes. Thoughts of home and sunny days poured out of him. With each stride, he felt closer to home, closer to comfort, closer to the light, which grew closer and closer as he ran toward it. Raticus reached the open corridor, expecting to see the sky and the beauty of nature again, but was met with a four-way intersection, aglow with small fires, a group of rats huddled around the heaps of embers. The other rats intently stare at Raticus. They are about as unkempt as he is though most of them are missing clumps of fur here and there. Every rat in the labyrinth gave up on looking presentable long ago, and these rats are no different. But in the dim, flickering light of fires, Raticus can see just how rough they all look, and how far they have fallen from their former selves. One of the rats rushes up to Raticus, smiling brightly. Her pale, patchy fur and beady red eyes catch Raticus by surprise. Welcome, brother. Don't worry. You're safe here now. What is this? Who, who are you? How do you have so many questions? Please, sit down and join us by the fire. You look tired. The she-rat pulled Raticus to the floor, compelling him to sit by the warming glow with her. I'm Rattly. That's Raximus. Ratasha and Ratson. Each rat jested in response to the name being called, by paw wave or nod. I'm Raticus. He decided to keep his introduction brief. This whole situation felt wrong somehow. How did they have light? Where did they get it from? Ratalia patted Raticus on the head, running her paw through his messy fur. Well, Raticus, how did you find our quaint little home in the dark? I found carvings on the walls and followed them until I saw your light. Raticus said through his discomfort at the obviously dirty paw running through his barely kept coat. I thought I found the exit. Raticus was interrupted by the collected laugh of the audience, Retalia included. He felt a twinge of embarrassment. Why are they laughing? I didn't say a joke. Oh, Raticus, there is no exit. We've all been wandering for so long and haven't found anything. This is all there is or ever will be. Retalia patted his head again. Oh, Raticus, there is no exit. We've all been wandering for so long and haven't found anything. This is all there is or ever will be. Ratalia and the rest of the rats smiled at Raticus. Don't worry, Ratty. You're safe with the dwellers. Raticus pained at the sudden unwanted nickname. Dwellers? Dwellers. Labyrinth dwellers. You saw the symbol, didn't you? We live here in the maze. We dwell here forever. And now you will too. Raticus grimaced at the idea of living in the dark labyrinth forever. There is more to life. There are things to eat, people to see, comfort to have, 
to resign himself to living here the way these dwellers have, it meant giving up everything. What about the light? You have light, silly! It's right here! Retalia said, gesturing to the little glowing pyres. No, I mean the big light. The one that shows you the way. You don't seriously believe in that, do you? Retalia observed Raticus with all skepticism. Well, I... I don't really know what to believe, actually. The light is a lie, Ratty. It won't lead you out of here. It's just a light. Besides, we can make our own light right here. Ratson, your light is going out. Ratson panicked and ripped out clumps of his fur, sprinkling it over the fading embers until it glowed bright again. Raticus watched in horror, seeing the other dwellers do the same to keep their fires going. He felt a sudden yank at the back of his head. Retalia presented a clump of hair to Raticus, his own hair. Now you can add it to the fire and become one of us, Ratty. Retalia placed the clump in Raticus's paw and patted it. The dwellers watched with bated breath, waiting for Raticus to add his fur to their fires. Raticus stared at the clump of himself in his paw. If I stay with these rats, I'm going to lose myself. Raticus clenched the fur and stood up to the surprise of the dwellers. Retalia frowned. I'm sorry. I can't stay here. He turned away, intending to depart from the rest of the dwellers. <clears throat> A paw grabbed his tail, pulling it taut and nearly dragging him to the ground again. Retalia glared at Raticus, his tail gripped in her paws. There is nowhere else, Ratty. This is life now. You have to accept that. Retalia's tone became more insistent. She reached further up his tail, slowly pulling him back to the group. No, there is more out there. I know it. I can feel it. You are one of us now. Stay, Stay with us. The other rats began to chime in, urging Raticus to stay. In rapid motion, Raticus yanked his tail away from Italia, pulling her into the ground as he broke free of her grasp. The dwellers glared, baring their teeth at Raticus as they moved to help their leader. Just as quickly as he had ran toward the dwellers' light, Raticus fled from the intersection. Retalia and the dwellers cursed him as he ran, yelling and declaring that he would return to them eventually. But he couldn't. He knew there was something more out there. At least, he hopes there is. Raticus ran until it hurt to breathe, leaning against the wall for support while he steadied his breath. Just when he thought he was safe, he heard Retalia's voice echo along the walls, calling for him in that horrible nickname. Ratty. Ratty? How original. He ran again and again, pausing just long enough to rest his weary feet before his pursuer returned. As he ran, he could smell Rathew's sack of snacks and hear his grunts down the corner, this way and that, chased by enemies and taunted by temptation that continued to eat away at him. Raticus had nothing left in him. All his running and no water to refresh him, no food to replenish, and no rest for his utter exhaustion. He slumped against the wall. If they find me, they find me. 
He sat alone in the dark, his eyes drooping to a close. Those memories of life in the light were hazier now, more than ever. He wanted to believe that they were real, but part of him also wanted them to be dreams. If they were dreams, he could easily resign himself to the life in the dark. And yet, he couldn't let go of the possibility that they were real. Dim light cast against Radicus's outstretched legs. He opened an eye to see the light at the end of the hallway, waiting for him once again. He flinched for a moment, expecting the sound of Retalia's voice to accompany it, but found silence. Peace. It's waiting for me again, isn't it? Raticus closed his eyes. It's a lie. It has to be, right? It doesn't lead anyone out of here. I've seen the same rats over and over now. No one has made it out. No one except... Rathaniel. Where is he? In all his running, Raticus had not seen Rathaniel, not since he was offered a drink. Where could he be? Did he escape? Raticus looked to the light, still hovering, still waiting. Rathaniel was the kindest soul here, and yet I haven't seen him again. He believed in the light, in spite of what everyone else said. Even what I said. He must have made it out. Raticus sighed. His beliefs were a whirlwind. There is nothing. There is light. I must be wealthy to get out. Rathaniel gave what he had to help a stranger. What do I do? What does it all mean? He hugged tightly to himself, softly weeping. He could feel a growing warmth upon his dark fur. Lifting his head, he looked upon the light. It moved closer, lower, practically next to him on the ground. Raticus looked upon it, his eyes too dry for tears. I just want to go home. I don't want to stay here anymore. I can't find the way on my own. I have nothing to give you. And you may guide me, but please, will you show me the way? The light hovered still for a moment before rising up into the air once more. It began to move down the hall, a short distance before it stopped. Raticus picked himself up and brushed off his grungy rags. He glanced down the hall he came from, into the infinite darkness one last time. He let the light shine upon his face, turning to follow it down the hall. Before, Raticus found himself growing impatient with each turn and twist through the winding labyrinth. Things were different now. The light wasn't turning. Its path was straight through. Radicus couldn't help but wonder if the light was guiding him through the labyrinth or if the walls themselves were moving, parting the way for the light. The light's warm glow began to fade as another brighter glow began to overtake it. Radicus and the light passed through the corridor, arriving at a large open room. An opening in the ceiling shed bright light down upon the spiral stairs, hewn from the same polished material as the walls of the labyrinth. A shallow moat surrounds the base of the stairs, but a footbridge allows access. Raticus could not part his gaze from the ceiling as he could see a distant blue expanse beyond. Is that the sky? Is it? Was it always that blue? A familiar, friendly voice called to him from the base of the stairs, drawing his attention. Hey, friend. Glad you could make it. 
Rathaniel said, grinning brightly. Raticus did not know how to feel about encountering Rathaniel again. Relieved that the one kind rat in the maze made it there to the end, conflicted because he knew Rathaniel was right all along. He still felt hungry, so that was a given. This was the first time he got to see Rathaniel, too. A simple gray rat of no great heritage or fanciness. In fact, he looked rather forgettable, save for his kind heart that separated him from the rest of the labyrinth's denizens. Rathaniel stooped to refill his water skin from the moat and presented it to Raticus to drink, and he did so. As he quenched his thirst, he noticed Rathaniel presented something else, a small pouch. From the smell alone, Raticus knew it was roasted seeds. For your journey up. Raticus eagerly took the pouch and ravenously munched on a handful of sunflower seeds before beginning his ascent. Raticus looked back, expecting Rathaniel to accompany him out, but he simply watched. Don't you want to leave? Raticus asked, feeling rather confused. The exit is right there, but Rathaniel doesn't want to leave? Rathaniel shook his head, but not in sorrow or disappointment. <laughs> no, my friends. There are others here who need help, too. Like you were, they are lost and stumbling around in the dark. They need someone to share the hope of the light with them. So I must stay and help guide others. Raticus nodded in understanding. He would not be able to leave if Rathaniel left when he first reached the end. He would not be here without someone like Rathaniel spreading hope to others. The two rats waved to each other one last time, and Raticus ascended into the light of the outside world. We hope you have enjoyed our premiere episode, Light of the Labyrinth. We release a new episode every other Tuesday. Our next show will stream April 11th. If you have enjoyed today's program, please give us a 5-star rating and tell your friends. Join our Facebook and Instagram page to find out the latest information on Yarn Saga. It really helps us out. Consider supporting us on Ko-fi, as every penny helps us continue creating unique stories to entertain and inspire. Yarn Saga was created by Austin Thompson and Matthew Van Gorkum. Today's episode, Light of the Labyrinth, was written by Madeline Heindel. Executive producer and sound designer Austin Thompson, editor Samantha Thompson, consulting executive Michael Fair, voiceover talents by Austin Thompson and Katrin Ludwig. Yarn Saga is a cross-stitch productions program and all rights reserved by cross-stitch productions. Light of the Labyrinth, is not to be played in part or whole without the permission of Cross Stitch Productions.